This is Season 7, Episode 1 of Beyond the Illusion. Life Between Lives with Scott DeTamble. Welcome back for our seventh season of Beyond the Illusion. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate every single one of you. We start this season off with an amazing guest who happens to be a friend of Tiana's, and I guess you could say he's my friend too now. His name is Scott DeTamble. Scott is a clinical hypnotherapist specializing in past life regression and life between lives spiritual regression. For the past 21 years, he has dedicated himself to guiding thousands of clients to a deeper understanding of their eternal soul and their current life's mission. This is such an important episode because we can all relate to the topics we cover in this conversation. And Scott has a great way of keeping things lighthearted and super interesting. He has some incredible stories that I think you're going to enjoy. Let's go to that conversation now with Scott DeTamble, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. I would like to kick off with how I first met Scott, which was back in 2010 when I went to get trained for Life Between Lives Regression, and he was one of the trainers, and that's how I first met him. And I think I've probably said this before on the podcast, but the book Journey of Souls by Michael Newton, that was so pivotal on the work that I'm doing now because, I mean, I read that book early on when I was first opening up to spiritual things, and it was so reassuring or validating for things that I'd felt, but here were all these case studies. But when I first read it, I remember thinking, that guy has a really cool job, but I didn't think I'm going to do this work. Then some years had passed and I was running a yoga center. One of the students came in and said, oh, you need to read this book. It was Journey of Souls. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need to read that book again. That was a really good book. And that's when it, the second time when I read that book, that's when it hit me that, oh, I'm supposed to do this work. And so I contacted the Newton Institute from the back of the book. And then I found out that I needed to get certified as a hypnotherapist and practice for two years and have X amount of past life regressions under my belt before I could do the training for life between lives. And that was really the whole reason I got certified in hypnosis anyway, was because I wanted to do the LBL training. And so I guess I've known Scott for years now. And I would really love to hear from you, Scott, because I never have asked you, what was your journey? How did you come to life between lives regression? Wow. It's a long story. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I was always interested in magical stuff since I was a little kid, magical stuff and history and what's behind reality, the reality that we see. So I always had a curiosity about those things. I was about 18 and we had moved to a new town with my folks and there was like a magical crystal shop and like a new age. This is a long time ago. So it was pretty cool. And like, like a metaphysical shop, it was called the Crystal Cave. And there was a little placard on the desk. And it was this picture of this man kind of in a suit and tie, like with glasses and stuff. He looked pretty, he looked like an insurance salesman. But <laughs> it was like past life regression. 
$75 or something like that. I was like, wow, how cool is that? I'd like to do that, but I only made about $100 a week, I think, in my first or second job there. It's kind of a lot. I never did it with that guy, but yeah, so it's just something I was always pretty fascinated in. Like I say, history, I was drawn to other eras and other cultures, and especially ancient or even history like Atlantis, Lemuria, stuff like that. I did a lot of reading, like Edgar Casey and Jane Roberts and all the rest. I know, Tiana, you live in a library yourself, right? You have so <laughs> many books. So yeah, I was just doing quite a lot of reading. I had a lot of interesting experiences. I had an experience with a girlfriend when I was around 19. It was a really intense relationship. We'd already been together for three or four years. And she was going on vacation for a few days. And so I was at her house and we were kissing goodbye, like for a few days. And I, I blacked out. I had this like mystical experience I've never had like before or since. Well, almost, but that was the first time. And so I sort of blacked out and I had this vision of these two sort of lights going up, kind of like spiraling together. And I was like, wow. And then I opened my eyes and our lips were still touching. And I just, I don't know if it was like one second or like 45 seconds. I'm not really sure. And so I said, hey, I had a really strange experience. And she said, so did I. And she was a very straight Catholic girl. She was not, this is not her world. So I said, well, what happened? She goes, I saw us dancing. We're in a ballroom, kind of like Beauty and the Beast. And you're wearing a wig, but I knew it wasn't your face, but I knew it was you. So I think that she had some sort of a past life glimpse. And I think I had some sort of, a, I don't know, life between life, soul glimpse of these two souls that have apparently had some acquaintance and been spiraling around each other for a while. So that was pretty interesting. And that spurred me to reading lots of past life books. Then one book I read around that time was You Were Born Again to Be Together by Dick Sutphin. This is a pretty important book way back in the late 70s, early 80s, about couples who have lived many, many times before together in romantic relationships. So that was just, there you go. <laughs> She's holding up the, a newer copy of the book. And that's a beautiful cover too. So mm -hmm. it's a really, really, it's romantic and beautiful and mystical how these people come back together over and over. That was something that always stuck with me. In a nutshell, life went by. I did lots of different things. I have lots of different interests. But at some point, I just said, I'd really like to learn more about that. And so I started taking hypnosis trainings, just like Tyana was talking about. And here we are. Cool. Yeah, you've been into it from a young age, relatively. It's interesting, the thing about the swirling, I've had a number of clients in, in between have that experience where they and a loved one, another soul has that swirling, merging experience a number of times, actually. Yeah. 
Oh, why didn't you tell me? I've never heard of this before. Oh, really? Well, I didn't know you had that experience yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. You had that experience while you were in the human form versus in a hypnosis session. It's pretty cool. No, I've never come across that in sessions. So, wow, that's pretty cool. I don't know. We used to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely will later because you two already know each other. And so we'll talk about what you guys are up to, too, later in the podcast. But I did want to ask this question before we go too much further. And it's about this place that you're talking about, the place in between lives. Can you kind of describe what that is for everyone and how you've experienced it through your clients and through your own experiences? Absolutely. So Tiana mentioned Journey of Souls, which is a book written, I think, in 94 by Dr. Michael Newton. And then he followed it up in 2000, I believe, with Destiny of Souls. And he has some other books. He's the one who, in the modern age, kind of brought this out into the masses, out into the open. But of course, we've always had knowledge of our life before we were born or after we die. That's what life between lives is really our true existence as souls. These lives we're living now that we're talking with one another and using these electronic devices, these are like just little field trips that we take as souls into matter, into 3D physical reality for certain reasons. But our true existence seems to be kind of as this intelligent light or spiritual beings. I wouldn't know how to define it. And so what's going on up there between our lifetimes, our human lifetimes? Well, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. I mean, it's basically infinite. We have friends, we have family, we have teachers, we have learning, we have fun, we have studying, we have exploring, we have creating. I can't tell you the meaning of life or the reason of reality or whatever. Now it's beyond me, but one thing that seems to be innate within us is that we want to expand we want to grow and learn. And what's over that next hill? And what's over that next cloud? Between our human lifetimes, or even actually during our human lifetimes, because we only bring a portion of our totality into any particular human lifetime or physical lifetime. It doesn't have to be human. It's a big universe. So between, or even, like I say, during our lifetimes, we just have a lot going on. We might have three, four, five, 17, 19 projects, just things that we're doing. Because we have the ability to scatter ourselves and use different levels of ourselves doing different things. So there was a book called Life Between Life that came out before Michael Newton. I have this book sitting right here. It's called The Spirits Book. This was channeled in, I think, 18 or published in 1857. That's like before Abe Lincoln was president. It's pretty much a lot of the same stuff that we have today. Really nothing new under the sun. We're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. But as spiritual beings, we have a lot going on and we could get in with Tiana and could share. We get into the various things that we do up there. But 
I would say in these sessions, we have these spiritual hypnotherapy sessions that are pretty lengthy, three, four hours, sometimes even longer. We're exploring, who are we really? I think I'm this person here that looks like this. Well, this is an adventure I'm having right now, but who am I really? Well, I've got quite a lot going on, just as we all do. And so we can explore that. And we can also look at, that's all well and good, but what does that have to do with now? What does it have to do with here and now? So we can look at, why did we come into this lifetime? What was our plan? What was our purpose? Why did my soul want to live this life? Why did you choose to become Tim or Tiana? What was your goal? What did you want to do? Just lots of things we can look at in these sessions. In high school, at least when I was in school, everyone had to take like a child in a family class or, you know, woodworking or whatever. I wish we all had to do an LBL session when we were like 17 or something. Boy, it would be a different world if we all had a glimpse, if we all had an idea of who we really are and why we really came here and what should we focus on. Agreed. Yeah. What was your LBL when you were the receiver? Have you had more than one LBL or is there anyone that you want to share? Yeah, I've had maybe a dozen or more, basically with my friends like you. The first one at the training, because we have to do one at the training, right? We don't know what we're doing. The training I went to, they handed you this big notebook and it wasn't organized very well. We had to pull the notebook open, the rings open, snap, snap pull these pages out, try to put them in some order and everything. <laughs> it was like paper all over. We did it in a hotel room. And so there was like pages all over the hotel. So we had a partner or whatever. The lady who was doing mine, she had like three PhDs or whatever in psychology and stuff. She wasn't that great of a hypnotherapist, no offense, but it was all right. She did her best. She got me there. That was basically one main thing in my session. And it was my whole, that whole session, like three hours or whatever, came down to these two words, be wild. Don't be tame, be wild. This is like the council. So yeah, in a nutshell, I had all these questions. I had a whole sheet of questions because I really needed an LBL session at that time. I really needed some guidance and a lot of things. And so we came to this part where it's like the council. We have wise beings who come together to talk to us after we return from a lifetime. They'll talk about what was your goals? How do you think you did? And we think might, maybe you could focus on this or that, that kind of thing. Michael Newton called it council of elders. So she goes, why don't you go to the council or something? I'm like, all right. So my counsel was very weird. I never told Michael Newton about it. I think he would scoff at this. So I was going up, I was like walking up this mountain, up to this hill. And then it opened up on this kind of like a Shamu stadium, like at SeaWorld, like this amphitheater. And there was a big pool. There was nothing or nobody there. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I just sat down like on the steps on the amphitheater. So she goes, well, why don't you, I forget what she said. 
why don't you touch the water or something? Or why don't you do something? I don't know, nothing was happening. I was just sitting there and then the water started bubbling. And then these just huge whale pops up, like a California gray whale or a humpback whale, this huge one. And then two others like on each side of it. And like, that's my counsel. These, these humongous whales, these three whales. And I could feel their immensity. I could feel their ancientness and their like wisdom. Like in the Newton books or in most people's sessions, it's usually like a panel of almost like judges of people in robes and sitting there, maybe like magicians or I don't know, belly dancers or something. And <laughs> so this is whales. I'm like, I don't know. So she goes, well, what do you want to ask them? I'm like, well, I gave you that paper with all those questions. She's like, I lost it. With all the papers we had laying around, she lost all these questions. I was like, really? So she goes, well, what do you want to ask them? I was like, I don't know. How could I best be of service? Which is kind of a goody two-shoes question, right? I thought <laughs> asked, How do I become a billionaire or something like that? <laughs> so they're just like, be wild. Don't be tame, be wild. And they just like slunk down into the water and like slipped off. And that was basically the whole session. I was driving home that night because it happened to be in like Studio City, like 50 miles from where I live. So I just drove back and forth to save money on hotel bills and all that. So I was driving home and I was like angry. I was like, man, part of the reason for paying this money and going to this stupid training was to like to have a good life between life session. It was like, be wild. What the hell does that mean? So it took me like a couple months to sort of figure it out. What I came to the conclusion of was that it's basically, you know, how can I best be of service? It's like, follow your heart. Do what you want to do. Don't worry about conforming to society. Don't worry about the pressures of your peers and all of that and your parents. And It's like, follow your heart. Do what you want to do. And be wild was the way they said that. <laughs> like, don't be tame. Don't let society tame you, basically. Mm -hmm. Follow your heart. Follow your star. So it yeah. took me a while to figure that out. And then I went a little wild after that. And things turned upside down, but that's probably what needed to happen. Yeah, in in so many ways, that's the best advice, too. And it's so simple. It's always those really wise little things that come into your life are really simple like that. And then once you truly understand like the meaning behind it, it's so powerful. So I love that because I can relate to that, too. I think a lot of people can. We do so many things in our lives that are just because we want to fit in and we want to keep thing, keep the peace or keep things normal. And that's not what we came here to do, right? It's like we didn't come here to just fit in and just do the normal thing. Otherwise, like, what is the point of that? There's no real purpose to just like following the crowd. <laughs> so it's good. I love that. So anytime that I want or need <laughs> hypnosis or regression, Scott's the person that I reach out to and have a session with. And I've experienced in the past, however many years, some really helpful sessions with him. 
when I can never remember what all I've said, like which of my stories I've said on our podcast already, <laughs> but he's in California and I'm here in Austin and I had booked a session with him over Skype and I was here in my little condo and it was during my dark night of the soul. It was like a really difficult time. And Scott was like really generous to do this session for me. We instantly went into this really intense scene in this Egyptian life. And I was basically having a panic attack. <laughs> and I was like screaming or crying or whatever, like having this full meltdown. And later on, I thought like, oh my gosh, because the walls are kind of thin. And my neighbors think that somebody was murdering me <laughs> during this session. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, really helpful. Every time I've had a session with you, I'm curious as well, if you have any stories about your past lives, I would love to hear about any of your past lives that you're aware of, if you want to share. I'm happy to, and I'm really honored that you have come to me and I'm grateful. I thank you for your trust. And some of those sessions were pretty intense and I hope that they're helpful. And Definitely. I'm, for you. I'm always here for you. I'll always be here for you. Thank you. And you too, Tim. If you ever need any help or anything, just let me know. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Of course, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing this time and sharing my words out with your friends and listeners. So, geez, I've explored a lot of past lives, like 25, 30, maybe more. We have hundreds, if not thousands, of physical lifetimes. Well... I had a lot of lifetimes in Europe through the ages. I've had a lot of lifetimes in North America as a Native American. I've had a lot of lifetimes in Asia, actually. But probably my favorites are lives in other worlds, worlds other than Earth, because those go way back, like millions of years. The Earth is like 4.6 billion years old, something like that, we think. The universe is around 13.8 billion years old. And so that's this iteration of the universe. We have had plenty of time just in this cycle. Let me mention, I had a session maybe a couple, two, three months back where a woman was remembering an echo of a lifetime in the universe before this one, like before the Big Bang. So whatever that was, it was pretty fascinating, and I couldn't get too much detail out of it. But have you guys ever heard of the, it's a Hindu concept, I think. It's like the breath of the universe, where it's the Big Bang, and then at some point, it's the Big Crunch. It comes back together, boom, and then it just big bangs again. They call that like the breath of the universe. It's pretty amazing to think someone could remember or at least have an echo of a lifetime in the universe before this bang. I'm still fascinated about that. How many times does that go back? Is it infinite? When did it start? Or was it just always? I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, these lives in other worlds, probably the most, how can I describe it? The most amazing lifetime I had was with someone you know, Tiana. Maybe I won't say her name, but I'll tell you later, secretly. 
It was a very sci-fi, Star Wars, Star Trek, cosmic battle. Hmm. We were in the middle of it. I had a position of great responsibility, and we had to repel these invaders. This is like hundreds of million years, million years ago in a galaxy far away. <laughs> well, actually, a galaxy not that far away but not the Milky Way. So yeah, it was like, we had to figure out how to repel these invaders who were like, she called them like fleas, like a flea on a dog where it sucks the blood and leaves. So these beings would come to a planet, suck all the resources out of it, like the oil, the gold, the water, whatever, I don't know, mineral. They would leave just a dried husk and if there was people on that planet, oh, that's just too bad. They might even enslave some of them, something like that. We had advanced word that they were coming, and we had to figure out something to do. So we created kind of a trap for them. We had several worlds that we were inhabiting, but this one, we kind of made it look like a, a ripe, juicy peach for these beings. We made it look like, wow. This is the mother love. This is the Holy Grail. So they came and they communicated with us saying, hey, we'd love to do some trade with you and stuff like that. And we knew that was just a facade. We knew they wanted to just rake out all everything they could. They would destroy our planet and our other planets and stuff like that. So we kind of lured them in and we evacuated this world basically made it look like a ripe, juicy peach. And we invited them to come down. We talked with them, and then we just basically opened fire on them. They had motherships. They had brought extra motherships, like seven or eight, like motherships. And then, you know, just like Star Wars, right? Like that big cruiser, and then it has all these little, mm -hmm. little fighter, TIE fighters, or whatever they call it. So it was like that. And we annihilated a bunch of their ships. We had pretty good weapon systems and stuff. We didn't want to take life. We revered life. We were mourning that we had to do this. And we lost thousands of our own people, of our own fighters. And that's kind of on me. I had to make the decision. And so I feel bad about that. But... I think they understood that we were defending our way of life. Basically, we annihilated about three-fourths of them and sent the rest out. Maybe you better tell your friends, don't come around here. See what happens? That was a pretty important and amazing life. That's probably the most amazing one that I've ever come up with. And yeah, hopefully I'll put it in a book someday with my friend. You should. I'm curious, did you have a humanoid body or what kind of body or form did you have in that world? Yes, it was very humanoid, although it was a little different. She described it as kind of almost a little bit transparent or almost like a different, slightly different dimension, dimensional phase, but it was like two arms, two legs, so basically looked pretty similar. I even looked similar to the way I do now, I think. Hmm. Kind of had long hair and Caucasian looking. And so, yeah, it was pretty humanoid, but we had a very advanced technology.
What about the density on that planet? They always say like Earth is one of the most difficult schools. I was curious, was this other world similar, like having to try to survive or so forth? So you were advanced technologically, but were you also maybe spiritually advanced or how was it in that realm? We didn't explore the culture as much as I would have liked. It was more about the action. But I believe it was not as dense as the earth is now. I believe it was a lighter, a little bit lighter density, so to speak. It probably was not as much of a struggle to survive. But it was similar in some ways. But we had also colonized some other worlds around. It was pretty interesting. The story was actually, most of it was told through a different being. I was doing a session on her. She was accessing this and channeling this other being of a sort of a reptilian type of being that they were on the sidelines and they were they would have been in the line of fire from these invaders, but we drew the invaders away towards us. So they were grateful to us. That's why he was relating this story, because he said, we remember you and you played, both of you played a role in saving our culture and stuff like that. So most of it was related through him. And then some of it was related through her because she happened to be my wife in that lifetime. And she was standing by my side. And she was a little different of, of a being than I was. She wasn't from my world, but we could apparently mate and stuff because we had a child. She was holding a child. She was actually born on a ship. So her people were kind of nomadic or something. It's pretty amazing. It's kind of stretches the imagination, I guess. Maybe I was watching too many sci-fi movies or something. <laughs> I think it's the opposite, that the sci-fi movies and all of that comes from people's deep soul memories. Yeah, that's that's actually my opinion as well. I feel like some of this stuff is just, it's too far out there to be an imagination. It's kind of like more of a memory. And I have read a book. I read a book once where a guy claimed that he had come up with a methodology for detecting the energy level of, of objects. And so he started going through books, different books. And he went through, of course, he went through spiritual books like the Bible and so forth. And he kind of ranked them in terms of their energy. He said the books that had the absolute highest energy of all the books were the sci-fi books. He said that because they're like true tales, they're actually happened somewhere. So that's what he claimed. And yeah, I kind of tend to believe that as well. But you mentioned that you knew this other person in that life. And so my question is, is that very common? Is that something that happens regularly to most people? Do we have past lives with people that we know again and again? Absolutely. We have something that you might call, or Dr. Newton called soul groups. If you think of like a traveling Shakespearean acting troupe, let's say you have 30 people and we're going to do Romeo and Juliet. And this one, I get to be Romeo and you're Juliet. So that's going to be fun. But in this other play, we're going to do Othello and I'm just a spear carrier. Someone else is the star and there's a different setup. We have different roles that we play in these different lifetimes. 
But we do travel with a lot of the same souls a lot of the time, not all the time, and not always the same group. People move in and out of lives and for different reasons. It's very complex. We're very complex beings as souls. But to answer your question, yes, absolutely. We, like I was talking about the Dick Sutphin book, You Were Born Again to Be Together. Souls tend to travel in these groups and we're basically helping each other learn or grow or expand, that kind of thing. So we'll make a plan before we incarnate. I'll say, hey, Tim, I want to come to this Viking life with me. I'm going to be like a war leader, but I want you to stab me in the back and betray me when I'm like 27 because I think I've done that in the past and I need to learn what it's like to have everything and then have everything taken away. And you'll be like, well, I don't want to do that. You're my friend. I'm like, I know, but I need you to. Come on. I want you to do this for me. You're like, well, all right. <laughs> so we make these plans. Then we come into these lives. We don't have to follow the plans to the letter. We have free will. So people wonder, is everything written or is it just chaotic jumble of free will? I'd say, well, it's both. We have a plan. We have a blueprint for a lifetime, but we're perfectly welcome to go outside of the plan, to turn left instead of right. Yeah, we make these plans, we do these lives, and we do often turn up in each other's lives a lot. Because like I say, we're close as souls. And then after we die, we'll go and we'll be with our friends in between. And we'll go, ha ha. That was fun, right? What a blast. And we'll talk about it. Well, let's go talk to the teachers. What did we learn? What did we do? What's next? If you explore, let's say you have a close relationship with someone in your life, Tim, whether it's your mother, your girlfriend, or your buddy, whatever, maybe a teacher or something like that. If you explore, let's say, hey, I want to do a past life regression and I want to go to another life where I knew my mom, if there is any. And if you have a close relationship with her now, it's pretty much guaranteed that you have dozens of lives with her previously. And so we might find one that is particularly poignant or beautiful or meaningful for you now. So it's pretty easy to search to research these things we just do these sessions it's not that hard to learn these techniques and so yeah we can definitely explore what is my relationship with my buddy or my my sister or my girlfriend or whatever who are we really as souls it's pretty easy to explore these things actually so you've been doing this for a really long time what do you know now, maybe that you didn't know when you first started? Because when I think about for myself, I mean, I learned so much through my clients as well as like what's possible, right? There's so much possible and it's, it's really mind boggling. And I think when I first started, I had a more set idea of, oh, it always happens like this. And then it's like, oh no, it could be like this or this or this. There's so many different paths. I'm just curious, what do you know now that you didn't know when you first started doing this work? Mm, two things come to mind. 
One is that I've had people's guides just tell me, like, I'll be doing sessions and I'll get people to sort of channel their own spiritual guides. I'll set it up where I'm talking to the guide directly and the guide is responding through the client's voice. Once in a while, the guide will just offer, like an aside, they'll offer a remark to me or a, about something else in the person's life, something that we didn't ask about. What I've been told is that people like Tiana and, and me and all of our colleagues, what we're really doing with these sessions is helping people to stay on track and accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. Sometimes, let's say a person has someone die in their life. It could be their child. It could be a spouse or a parent. It's pretty, pretty shocking and it almost paralyzes people sometimes. One of the things that we might do is reconnect with that soul who has crossed over in a session. It's very profound and it's very comforting for the client. But it helps the client to understand, well, they still exist and they're okay. In fact, they're having fun doing these interesting things that we ask about. Oh, they're doing these tasks or playing music or going bowling or whatever they want to do, you know? It's very comforting. Sometimes when someone dies close to you, people, they, they get paralyzed. This is one way to get them, well, okay, I guess I can move forward with my life. It doesn't have to be a death. It can be anything, but sometimes people get stuck for whatever reason. And so these sessions are a good way to help them to understand the deeper reasons of why they're here, what they could be doing, that type of thing. It's a very important service that is being provided, actually, not to sound conceited or anything, helping people to get back on track and achieve what they came here to achieve. That's really what this work is all about. So that's one thing I've learned. Another thing, the other thing that comes to mind is that Yes, we focus a lot on these lessons and things we need to do when we come into this lifetime and we got to put our nose to the grindstone, learn all of these things and do all these things. But sometimes the guides say, you need to have fun too. <laughs> because coming into the body, you have senses, you have taste, you have touch. So we want you also to enjoy your experience, it's like going to Disneyland. We need to ride the rides. Yes, there's going to be thrills, chills, and spills in our life. But we also want you to have some cotton candy and some popcorn. And they ride a merry-go-round. That's just fun. And hear the music. Taking advantage of these senses. Eating, you know, delicious food. It's one of the pleasures of life, right? Chocolate, ice cream, whatever you love. Cheesecakes, one of my favorites. And then experiencing light and going to the beach or the ocean or whatever you like to go, the forest, experiencing nature in this world. It really is a beautiful, amazing world. This blue and white marble, this beautiful sphere, it's incredible. There's so many experiences you can have here. There's so many forms of life here. It's just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, we've all seen nature shows where... You see stuff you've never seen before. Some weird thing in the ocean going like this. Or 
I just saw recently that they filmed somewhere in Japan these fish that live at incredible depths, like miles, like five miles under the surface, where the pressure is like tons. And there they are, these like beautiful little angels of fish swimming around on the bottom, like 27,000 feet deep or something like that. It's an incredible place. I know Tiana likes to travel and enjoy it. That's good. But not the deep ocean. I remember my parents had a geographic subscription and there were like these pictures from, I don't know where, the deep, deep ocean. And those fish look scary. Maybe not the angel ones that you're talking about in Japan, but in fact, I have this like very strong memory of a nightmare that I had as a child because I was looking at that magazine, right? The National Geographic fell down deep in the water and there were all those scary fish. And then I was trying to swim up and it was glass. And I was stuck there with the scary fish. But yeah, I won't be going 27,000 feet down, so it's okay. Gosh, that reminded me when you were talking about how you had this fear as a child because of this nightmare. And then I thought, I'm sure people have fears in their lives because of things that happened in their past lives and obstacles that they have to overcome that they haven't overcome from previous lives. Is that the case? Absolutely. It happens all the time. There's echoes of the past that crop up in your current, people's current lives. Let's say, let's take an example of someone who is really obese and they just keep stuffing food in their mouth and they just can't stop. It's almost like an obsession. And I think Dick Sutphin had an example of this where he regressed this person to a previous lifetime. They were on the streets of Victorian London. They were basically a street person. They were starving. And every calorie they could find was life-sustaining. Anything, any scrap, any crumb of a piece of bread, a crust of bread, it was like they had to consume it to just try and stay alive. Somehow, that intense feeling has continued on into the current life where there's groceries on every corner and there's like government cheese and you can get food if you need to. And so you don't have to be that way, but the person is still feeling this way. So going back and looking at that and understanding, basically understanding that was then, this is now, I don't have to do that anymore. That would help them to release this obsession, this compulsion to do that. And so going back and look, just even looking and understanding, where does this come from? Why do I have this feeling or this, whatever the issue is, just going back and looking at it is often enough. But we also have other techniques to help release this behavior or whatever in the current life. And it basically comes down to this. What is the learning you need to get which will enable you to release that issue? Because when we die, let's say you were in that starvation life, you died. We have places of healing in between. We have places of learning. You could have that healed and washed away. And why would you come now in 2023 and still be hungry and obsessed with food why didn't you have it healed in between well i've asked this question to the guides and the council many times and what they say is the person chose to bring that with them. they chose not to heal it in between 
they didn't want to just gloss over it and have it like healed for them. They wanted to learn it. They wanted to get this lesson. And so here it crops up again. I know a person, I have a client that she had a throat issue where her throat was really tight and sore and, and it hurt swallowing and she got hoarse. And she's like, what's going on? I've worked with her before. So we start going back. I'm taking her back to the roots of it. I don't know. It could be childhood when she choked on a gummy worm or something. I don't know. I don't know. She's going to go back to the roots. So we're starting to go back to other lives and her guide just pops into her awareness and he's laughing. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Well, I could show you a life where she's been stomped in the throat, one where she's been slashed in the throat, one where she's been hung by the throat, one where she's got shot in the throat, one where she got punched in the throat. And I'm like, okay, well, what does all this mean? What's the common denominator here? She's not speaking her truth. That was the learning. That was the point. And then later I found out, I didn't know this at the time of the session, but later I found there was an issue at work where she felt that she had got kind of like screwed over for a promotion. She didn't really say anything. And so after this session, I think she may have talked to someone about it. I don't think it helped her situation, but I don't think it helped her work situation, but it helped her throat situation because it basically went away after a few days. So it's a practice of going back to the roots. What is the root cause of this thing? Because everything started somewhere. Mm -hmm. Wow. Those are great stories. Thank you. So I mentioned earlier that you guys knew each other, and it is from you having a session with him a long time ago, Tiana, but you're also, right now, you guys are doing a training together, right, where you're teaching people how to do past life regression. Do you guys want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, I'm really excited. So this is something that Scott totally has been doing for a while. So when he first told me about this last year, at the end of last year and asked me if I wanted to kind of join in with him and had mentioned like, oh, he has all this material and I can look and add whatever we can talk about what might be in there. And when I saw the material and going through it, thinking like, oh, sure, I'm probably going to want to put my two cents in here and there. But it was so thorough and so complete. I mean, it's like 150 something pages of his manual there. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just totally complete. There's nothing I want to add there. It's so in alignment with how I would teach it. And over the years, you have these clients and they have amazing sessions that are really helpful. And they say like, oh, I really want to learn this and ask me over the years, do you teach this? And just to be honest, it's a lot of work, right? To put all of this material. So I've always been like, oh, I mean, that would be cool. But when am I going to put all the work in to, <laughs> to create a curriculum and write the manual and all this stuff? It was just such a really very cool opportunity that Scott's given me to join in with him on something that he's already created and he's already doing. So I'd love to hear from you, Scott, how and why did you create this training? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I saw other people doing it and I thought, hmm, I could do that. Maybe even better. 
I just thought this would be fun. And then after I did it once or twice, I was like, this is really fun. I really love it. I really enjoy sharing what I've learned and helping other people to understand how to do these sessions. And it's not that hard. It's not rocket science. Basically, anyone could do it. Some people have a little more of a knack, but anyone can learn. Anyone. So, yeah, I just started putting together, <clears throat> like uh, she says, kind of a workbook or a manual. And so I just say, I wanted to, because it's a little formidable. He's like, do this regression thing. I was like, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot to it. So I just cut it into like blocks. These are the building blocks. These are the parts. So everything has its component parts. We just break it down into those parts and say, well, I do this. You get that. That's the foundation for this. It's very, I don't know, what's the word? Methodical. It's very methodical. It's pretty thorough. There's always more to learn, of course. There's, you know, hundreds of thousands of books about past life regression. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun when they get to practice on each other. And I also like to do this thing where we, toward the end of the regression, we go through the death and then we talk to maybe their guide or a spirit guide, one of their spiritual guides, or maybe more than one. And they sort of wrap this thing up in a bow. And so when, like maybe the second day, people are doing these sessions and they're talking to each other's spirit guides, and I get to observe that. It's pretty amazing, right? It's just like, wow. And they're even amazed. They're like, oh my God. So then we come together afterwards and talk about how was it? Sometimes they're just like, they're in awe. They're like, wow, that was incredible. It's just really fun. It's really fun. And so, yeah, I'm getting a little stale with it. And Tiana got in touch with me and I just thought she's the one. She's the one I want to help because she has new ideas. She has lots of contacts. She has lots of interests in the metaphysical world. I didn't even realize how grounded she is in metaphysics and all of that and so i just thought she could bring so much to this training and i'd like also a female perspective maybe i think people might appreciate that because i tend to get mostly female people therapists or whoever so anyway i'm really excited and i'm really happy to be sharing this and we need to get together and figure out how we're gonna do this so we get people that are therapists already, like a hypnotherapist, and they just want to branch out into past life regression. I get people that are other kinds of therapists, like psychotherapists or like licensed marriage and family therapists. Sometimes and they're talking with the person, this past life thing will come out and they don't know what to do. So they come to this class and it shows them exactly what to do. I get people who do other modalities, like alternative modalities, like massage or Reiki, stuff like that, doing Reiki or even yoga or whatever. Sometimes these past life memories will just spontaneously emerge. What do I do? What's the best way to go about working with that? This shows those people. Then I get the people that are just kind of fascinated with it. They don't really want to become a therapist. Maybe they already have their gig and, and they're good with it. But they just like to learn more about it and maybe take their friends and relatives and into these sessions or maybe earn a little side money. We get lots of different types of students, which is very cool. It's, it's a cool mix.
there's younger people, there's older people, everything in between. It's a lot of fun and I look forward to it. Like not everybody's going to maybe want to do this for a living, but it is like the coolest job ever. I mean, my job is never boring. You never know. I'm always telling my clients beforehand, I'm just like you. I'm walking in the dark. I have no idea what's about to happen. I've just been through this process so many times. I completely a thousand percent trust it. And I know spirit knows where to guide you, but I actually have no idea what we're about to experience either. And I love that. I think it's so much fun. It's so fascinating just to explore these other worlds and these other lives and these other realms and also to see the bigger picture of who we are in the evolution of our soul and all the multifaceted aspects of ourself. It's just so incredible. I mean, I still to this day, lots of times I'm sometimes I'm just like in total shock and awe that this is how I make my living. <laughs> like Thinking back to my like corporate days and being like, oh my God, I never have to, to go in this fluorescent lighting and go to some meeting I don't want to go to. I get to spend all day talking spirit stuff and going deep and into super consciousness and all of this. And so, yeah, I think it's just as amazing for us, the facilitator, as it is for the person receiving it. I grow a lot through just what I learned through my client sessions. And I think one of the benefits as well is it constantly reminds me like we can get so caught up in the busyness and the day-to-day -day stuff. And yet every day when I'm guiding someone, we're doing a life review, it like reminds you, oh, what really matters at the end of this life? What matters? And it always puts me back into perspective. Oh, this thing that I'm getting worked up over or stressed out about, it's not going to matter in the bigger picture. So I think it's such a blessing that I'm constantly given that reminder because I think the average person, we forget to see the bigger picture. We get caught in the weeds of our everyday, everyday stuff. So yeah, I'm really excited to do this training with you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to help me. I look forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll be fun for them having two different people with two different backgrounds of experience to share because you have stories and techniques and tricks and tips that I don't have. And so I look forward to learning. I would just want to say briefly, when you're talking about that you learn from your sessions, I've asked about this and the powers that be that bring you together with certain clients, sometimes it's for you just as much as it is for that person, because you're going to learn something new about how to facilitate these sessions or even about your own life. I've been having a lot of people where issues very similar to like maybe what I'm going through. Yeah. You know, Advice that comes from up above. And I'm like, huh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, same. Yep. Yeah, that's great. I'm so happy for both of you that I think it's going to be awesome. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much again for coming on and talking with us, Scott. We really appreciate it. Do you want to just go ahead now and let our listeners know where they can find you if you have anything online and then maybe more about the training that you just spoke about it and when you think that'll be available for people absolutely thank you tim thanks for that opportunity yeah the training is coming up in may and so it's kind of urgent but we'll make room for you <laughs> if you go to prohypnosistraining.com there's information about the course 
And then Tiana's, she's doing like the payment and the enrollment. And is it awakeningtransformation.com? Dot com. Mm -hmm. Awakeningtransformation.com. If you go through, you can find our class on there. She has it up there. Or you can also contact me anytime. I have like another website, Light Between Lives, L-I-G-H-T, between L-I-V-E-S.com. That's my main website. And so you can find me through there. And my email's the same, scott at lightbetweenlives.com. Yeah, drop me a line and say hi. Say you heard about me with Tim and Tiana and you just wanted to say hi or anything. Happy to answer any questions or anything that comes up. All right. Well, thank you so much again. This has been great. Thank you, sir. And madam. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> so formal. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. It's been really fun, actually. Thank you both. And I wish you were... Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Scott for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing his gifts and knowledge with us. To find out more about Scott and his services, you can find him at lightbetweenlives.com. And to find out more about the past life regression training with him and Tiana, you can go to prohypnosistraining.com. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This really does help other people find us. Thank you and take care.